Lord, I worship you because of who, because of who you are. All across this parking lot. Come on, come on now, come on. Let's raise our hands. Let's tell the Lord thank you. Glory, hallelujah to the name. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The triune God, the divine God, the one who woke us up this morning and allowed us to be clothed in our right mind and have our movement in our being and gave us the opportunity to come to his campus one more time. If God has kept us from last Sunday until this Sunday, shouldn't we just ought to say thank you? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory, hallelujah to his name. I'm so glad that you're with us today here at Roanoke-Salem Missionary Baptist Church this third Sunday in the month of May. We're located right outside of the wonderful, wonderful town of Garrysburg, and we're located here in beautiful Northampton County. We have a saying around here, and that is that at Roanoke-Salem, this is the end of your search for a friendly church, and we do our very best to live up to that motto. We have a mission statement that drives who we are. It reminds us as disciples of Jesus Christ what it is we ought to be about in our daily living. Jesus himself said in Matthew, the 28th chapter, verses 19 and 20, he said, Go ye therefore and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always even until the end of the world. Amen. I want to thank the Lord again. And I, I cannot ever try to forget. I don't want to ever forget to thank the Lord for Derek and April and Jasmine and, and Steve. They get here early on Sunday mornings and they, uh, they just get out here and get all this equipment set up. And then, of course, uh, thank the Lord for Marvin and Elijah and Rick. And then Steve takes over his responsibilities as our lead musician and we just thank the Lord for these talented uh, and dedicated young people y'all know like I know young folk can be somewhere everywhere on a Sunday morning but those who come to the house of the Lord and serve the Lord faithfully they are worthy of us saying to the Lord thank you and I know the Lord is going to continue to richly bless each and every one of them we're going to have an opening selection. Let, let me say this before we go any further. Uh, we, we got another guest. We got another guest singer today, and she is one of our own. And you know she can blow down. So uh, Sister Sharon Peel is going to bless us and honor her with her ministry through music uh, with the, uh, the, the guys backing her up on today. So we're so happy about that. We're going to have our opening selection, and then we'll continue forward with the service. Be careful. You can come on. Come on. Absolutely. Yeah, you come on.
Come on, let's thank the Lord again for sharing. Amen. Amen. I want to take time right now to uh, officially welcome all who are with us. First of all, to those of you who are right here uh, on the parking lot, we thank you for making time to be with us this morning. Uh, many of you, most of you are our members of the disciples, if you will, of Roanoke Salem, but we know we have some visitors as well, and so we welcome you. You are our brothers and sisters in Christ. We love you, and we thank you for uh, making time and, and choosing to come and share this worship experience with us on this Sunday morning. Also want to um, say to those who are watching by Facebook Live, hello, thank you for being with us, and those who have called in on our call-in conference call number, we thank you as well. By way of announcements this morning, just got a couple of things I want to share. Uh, one thing is that we want to remind, um, you know, this is Women's Month, and we are asking our sisters in Christ, those who are, uh, I think we said 21 and over, if you will please uh, sh share a donation, a gift of $75 this month, above whatever it is you would normally do in tithing. We, those who can and will, please, we ask that you would do that. I also want to share with you that, there is a job fair that is going to be held on um, May the 20th. May the 20th, that's this week coming in. May the 20th, there's a job fair starting at 10 a.m. and lasting until 5 p.m. And that is at the Center for Energy Education. That's on Airport Road in Roanoke Rapids. Some of you may know it. It's where the old airport used to be. But now, over the last, what, three, four, six, seven years or so ago now, uh, that location has been turned into the Center for Energy Education. And they are having a job fair there from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. on the 20th of this month. Uh, and I'm looking at this, um, this announcement. It says that there are resources there for transportation, child care, vocational rehabilitation, reentry, and more. And the employers that will be there will be from these industries and others. There will be employers there from hotels and restaurants, uh, employers from manufacturing. There will be employers from retail. There will be employers from healthcare and construction and fast food and many, many more. Uh, and this is uh, sponsored in part by T and 2K Food Group and Halifax Community College and Halifax Cooperative Service Extension, Halifax County Economic Development Commission, and Northampton County Chamber of Commerce, we're involved, and the Roanoke Valley Chamber of Commerce, and just a whole bunch of other folks. But if you can and will, if you're looking for a job, if you know somebody that's looking for a job, tell them, show up on May the 20th at the Center for Energy Education out on Airport Road, out just outside of Roanoke Rapids on Highway 158. Now, come prepared to interview. I don't know... Uh, what their 
method or their system is, but you know, it's, it's an interview and you want somebody to look at you as a prospective employee, so, so come prepare. Now, don't, don't just show up any old kind of way. You know, be ready because somebody may be willing to and ready to give you a job that day. Somebody may be, and I'm sure they're, willing, they're gonna be ready to hire people on the spot if they find the, the type of folks that they're looking for. So you come prepared and be ready for that as well. I think that's all I have this morning by way of announcement. Keep the family of Sister Kay, um, Buffalo, Kay Buffalo Harris, keep them lifted up in prayer. Uh, her homegoing services this afternoon and um, just want to keep the family lifted up. And then after her homegoing service, uh, Kay uh, and the family will come here to the, the church to, um, to lay her, her body to rest. But the, uh, the service is, is at the family home. That's this afternoon at 2 o'clock. Uh, for those who may want to. And I was told yesterday by the funeral home director, it is open to the public. So that's why I'm, I'm sharing this with you. He said it is, in fact, open to the public. Uh, that's at 2 o'clock this afternoon. Please keep her children uh, and her family lifted up in your prayers. We will now have offering. So please prepare your hearts and minds to give. Uh, you know, at Roanoke Salem, we believe in tithing. We are a tithing church. And so we would ask that you would honor the Lord by tithing and, and giving uh, offerings above the tithes if you're led by the Lord to do so. Uh, his word says tithes and offerings. So uh, that's get, your, get yourself prepared. If you have an envelope, whether it's from Roanoke-Salem or whether it's just an envelope you brought from home, if you would, please, desert, if you have a specific place that you want a certain amount of money to go to, then say that. But if you have one of our envelopes, it already has that. And uh, as Lisa and Wayne move around, they do, in fact, have our envelopes with them in the basket. So if you want one, they'll give you one. Amen. Come on, gentlemen, and give us something, uh, some music while we're in this part of the service. Lord 
for everything you've done. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. You are God. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we Come on, Ricky, play a little bit for me. so much. We got another one right there. Wayne, look right, right behind you. Thank you so much for your generous giving. We thank you. Thank you. Just a couple of quick things I want to just share too. Um, thank you to those who came yesterday and helped uh, with the uh, food box distribution. Some of you all here today got those and that's great. And those who came yesterday to help, you know who you are and I know they're not the kind of folks that like a lot of recognition. So those who came, you know who you are. Thank you yesterday for helping us get uh, the produce boxes from Gaston to here and then help us distribute them while you were here yesterday. Want to give you a quick update on uh, Deacon Woodrow Harding Jr., Sonny, as most of us call him. Several of us have, have been to see Sonny over the last few months that he's been at, um, here at uh, Hampton Woods, and he's, he's coming along. He's, he's, he's still in the recovery stage, but, you know, when you go visit him, he talks, and for the most part, he's in good spirits. He still has some some challenges, but we thank God that he's come as far as he has, because I can remember, and I know some of you all can remember too, when we went to visit him in Rocky Mount, and Sonny was in the bed, and, and we don't know that he even knew we were in the room with him, and, he, and the Lord has brought him from that to he's you know, up on his own, and he's talking and, and, and you know, recovering his strength, and, 
And so it, he's doing well. He still is in the, again, he's still in the recovery stage, the recovery mode, but he's doing so much better than he once was, and we thank the Lord for that. And thank all of you who call and check him or go visit him or, you know, pray for him. Even if you don't go see him, if you're praying for him, I, I know he's so appreciative of that. And then one last thing I want to say, and I, I, I hesitate to do this, but, it, but it's just such a testimony to the power of God and the power of prayer. Um, some of you all, the church disciple family, know that, you know, Ricky's wife, uh, Shawanda, for several uh, going back to 2020 and even beyond has been uh, had several very serious health challenges and uh, mostly had to stay uh, home bound other than when she went to the doctor because of her health challenges. And uh, last Sunday she was here with their son. He was home for Mother's Day and he drove Shawanda to the church. But guess what, y'all? This Sunday, Shawanda drove herself to the church, and she's right over there. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. Yeah, this Sunday, Miss Shawanda drove herself onto the parking lot. So we're just thanking God for, for, for just how the power of prayer and, and, and her own faith in the Lord. So we're so happy. We're so happy. Um, we're going to now have... Another selection, the sermonic selection, and then we'll continue on with service this morning. Come on, Miss Sharon.
Let me just do a couple of things before we get to the message this morning. First thing, let me also share with you all. I thank the Holy Spirit for reminding me. Sister Cornelia Hardy had surgery this past week uh, in Tarboro. She came through the surgery well. Uh, we believe the Lord that the surgery has done exactly uh, what it was supposed to do, and she is in recovery now, and not on her back recovery, but she's... Uh, She's in a rehab facility, and she's recovering from her surgery. But, but according to Lola, her, you know, most of us know that Lola Osby is her niece. She's doing well, and so let's keep her lifted up in prayer as well as uh, she recovers from her surgery. Thank the Lord for that. Also, I'm just going to sh say a quick prayer, and then we'll go right into uh, the message for this morning. So please just uh, prepare your spiritual hearts and minds. Father, as we prepare now to hear your word, I ask that all of us um, give us a different and a renewed sense of focus. Lord, there's uh, so much chaos and turmoil all over the world. And Lord, we used to say it's a praying time. It's always a praying time. But prayer is what changes things. Prayer is what turns dark to light. Prayer is what turns bad to good. Uh, prayer is what uh, takes people who are on the, the brink of even taking their own lives. And prayer gives them hope that there's a better day ahead. Especially those of us who have come to know you, Lord Jesus, as our Lord and Savior. So, Lord, I just pray for our world in a general sense. And, Lord, along with the fact that there's chaos in the world, but there's still also joy in the world. There's still also goodness in the world. There's still also kindness in the world. 
There's still also peace in the world. There's, there's still also uh, um, a happiness and, and, and there's still also pleasantness in this world, Lord, because your presence is everywhere all the time at the same time. And Lord, you allow man to exercise our own free will. You've given us that gift. So when things are going wrong and when there's turmoil and chaos and anger and frustration, Lord, that's not of you. That's not who you are. That's from us. But Lord, I pray and our prayer collectively is that those of us who are the saints of God all around the world, wherever we may be, honor our prayers, Lord, for the entire human race and change people's hearts and thinking. And, and so that we will all get to a point where even if we choose not to uh, so-called like one another, we can at least respect one another as human beings. And then, Lord, out of that respect, those who come to know you as their Lord and Savior will even learn how to agape love people, even people who are not lovable. We thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Church family, this morning, if you will, let us, uh, let us go to the book of Philippians. In the New Testament, the book of Philippians, chapter 4, verses 6 through 7, it's a very, very, very familiar passage of Scripture for most of us, and uh, I will not try your patience on this morning at all. It's, I know that for a lot of us, there are some other activities um, that we're, we're planning on participating in today, and, and myself included. It's, it's kind of a busy day for me as well, but still there's a word from the Lord. And I'm going to share that with you on this morning. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7. I'm reading from the New International Version. Um, if you're reading from something else, you know it's going to read a little differently. But this is the Apostle Paul writing. He says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And then verse 7 says, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Will you please let us, um, let us meditate together and let us reason together from this thought. We always have a choice. We always have a choice. For a long time now, and we know this, uh, we've been told for years by medical experts how worry can create serious health problems and, and worry can also kill you, quite frankly. Every day all over the world, ordinary people just like you and me, they are suffering heart attacks and strokes and, and they're losing their right minds, literally due to stress caused by extreme worry. The truth is that there are in fact lots of issues and situations that we could that we could worry about. Right here in Northampton and Halifax County since the beginning of 2021, there have been several murders. We've been told that uh, criminals from Russia cyber attacked the colonial oil and gas pipeline and that's what caused the, the panic this past week or so and, and, and gas even ran out because people were panic buying and of course the, and the gas wasn't flowing through the pipeline. Thank the Lord that it's back on track now, but, you know, we were told that criminals were able to cyber attack a system here in the United States and shut a pipeline down in countries uh, all over this world, and especially right now in the nation of, of India. 
People continue to suffer and die from COVID-19. India is in a crisis situation. And, 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 and on top of all those local and global things, all of us still have the daily issues of life that we need to contend with. All of us still need to have food and, and clothing and shelter. We, we need money. We, we, we have concerns sometimes about our relationships with people. And of course, we are concerned and we should be concerned about our own mental and physical health. And, and yet, in spite of all these concerns, Jehovah God says, we don't have to worry about anything. Don't even have to worry about the train passing by when I'm trying to preach because God's got that too. I, I, I know God doesn't want us to worry. I'm going to tell you why I know. Because he inspired his servant, the Apostle Paul, to tell us, do not worry. Do not worry. During his ministry, Paul started many churches. And, and after Paul uh, planted a church, he would move on to another location but what he would do is he would write letters back to the churches he left, the members he left behind, so that he could stay connected to them. And over many years, Bible scholars, uh, they took Paul's letters and, and put them into books with chapters and verses. And so today we're going to look at one of Paul's letters that was turned into the book of Philippians in the New Testament. Now, if we look at... This book, this letter, chapter 4, beginning at verse 6, Paul writes these words. He says, do not be anxious about anything. I need for you to understand that the word anxious is also understood to mean worry. So Paul is saying, do not worry about anything. Some of us might think, well, that's easy for Paul to say because he's not living in 2021. Amen. Amen. 2021 2020 was a challenge, and 2021 has been a challenge too, but, but I want you to understand some things about Paul. He knew what it was to have some, some messed up situations in his life. See, because Paul, uh, first of all, these are some things that happened to Paul after he gave his life to Jesus. Let me, let me say that again. I'm going to share with you just a short list of things that happened to Paul after he gave his life to Christ. He was temporarily blinded for three days. In fact, that was his introduction to Jesus. The Lord Jesus blinded him temporarily for three days, and then he gave him his sight back. Then uh, after Paul uh, started out going about uh, preaching and teaching and sharing the gospel of Jesus, he was mistrusted and he was vilified by church folks. Why? Because the church folks remember when his name was Saul and he was going around killing and persecuting Christians. One time Paul was on a ship, and the ship wrecked at sea. There was another time that Paul was bitten by a poisonous snake, but the Lord did not let that snake take his life. Paul was severely beaten several times. I mean literally beaten several times by the local authorities, the Romans and others. And then one time, uh, matter of fact, more than one time, he was thrown into prison. Paul spent multiple um, seasons of his life, multiple days of his life, in prison, even while he was in God's service. Then on top of all that, there were a few times that folk got so mad with Paul, they picked up rocks and stones and threw them at him and literally stoned him. They didn't stone him to death. 
But they, you, you can imagine what it's like to have four or five stones hit you upside the head or, you know, cross your shoulder blade or any place where a bone might break. But with, in spite of all those things that Paul was going through, he still did not worry about what might happen next. He continued to faithfully serve Jesus Christ. That's how we have to be. We can't, I'm telling y'all, we can't spend time worrying about what may happen next because we don't know. If you're going to spend your time worrying, you're going to lose a whole lot of sleep at night. Matter of fact, you won't sleep. You'll get distracted during the day. You can be on your job if you have a job or if you don't even have a job, just at home. And you may have some things you want to try to accomplish, but if you're going to spend your time being worried about situations that many times we can't change on our own, you're not going to get anything done. And like I said from the beginning, all that worry is doing, that worrying that you're doing is raising your blood pressure. Amen. It's taking your appetite away. It's physically making you lose rest, making you physically ill, and you're on your way to a heart attack or a stroke, sure enough. So we, we cannot spend time worrying about situations. Yes, we recognize when we have problems. I'm not saying ignore them. I'm saying don't worry about them because worrying is not going to do any good. What did Paul say? He said, first of all, don't worry about anything. This is chapter four, verse six. But then here's what he says. This is the second part of verse number six. He said, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Now, let's think about that. Paul says, instead of worrying, what Christians should do is we should pray. We should pray to a God that we know has, has all power. He has all authority. He has all knowledge. He's everywhere at the same time, all the time. He sees us anywhere we are. There's nowhere we can go that he doesn't see us. And in fact, he says when we are his children, when we are his saints, he says his, his eyes are always on us and his ears are constantly open to listen, to hear our voice. God can hear every one of us individually talking to him at the same time. So it ain't like when you pick up your phone or your cell phone and, and there's some mess going on. It's too many folk trying to use the system. So there's a, you, you've used your cell phone sometime. You could be in the middle of a call and all of a sudden you'll get a message that say, oh, the circuit is, is overloaded this time. Try back. You're in the middle of a call and it'll shut you down. That ain't God. He can hear every one of us at the same time all the time. Amen. So Paul says instead of worrying, we ought to pray. Christians already know that prayer supported by faith is absolutely necessary if we're going to have any victories in this life. And I bet I got some witnesses out there, too. Prayer supported by your faith is absolutely necessary if you're going to have any victories in this life. And we know that's right because in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 and 17, this is what Paul wrote to the church folks in Thessalonica. He said, be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. Listen, for this is God's will for you in Christ. He said, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. Church, brothers and sisters, all means all. All means all. There's nothing that you can think of that's too big or too great or too enormous for God to be able to handle. And let me say this, because sometimes I think we take it for granted. There's nothing that's so small that God's not concerned about it. 
if you're concerned about it and you are his child, you are his saint, he's concerned about it. I pray sometimes to find a parking space in the parking lot. And guess what? I find a parking space. I pray sometimes when I go to the store, Lord, I came to get this one item. And you get to the store and you find it, the one item that you want, there ain't but one of them on the shelf. And I said, thank you, Lord, because I know you kept that there for me. Why? Because I know 500 other folk don't pass by this same aisle, Steve, an hour or two before I got there. I ain't the first one in the store that day. But when I came in to find what I needed, God made sure that it was right there. So anybody else had that experience? You go in a store looking for something, and there's only one of that something left, and you know it had to be for you, because how many other folk had passed by that same shelf? Some of them probably could have needed it. But God made sure it was there for you. I'm saying to you, there's nothing too great or nothing too small for you to not pray about because God is concerned about it all. So that's what Paul said. He said, be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Let's continue on with, with, uh, here today in, uh, in Philippians. Paul says we are to pray and to petition God. With thanksgiving. In some versions of the Bible, that word petition is replaced by the word supplication through prayer and supplication. Vine's expository dictionary of the Old and New Testament says that um, the word petition or supplication means to make a request for whatever we believe we need or want from God. That word petition God or, or supplication means to make a request for whatever we believe we need or what we want from God. Amen. Paul says we should make our petition, our supplication, our request. He says, with thanksgiving. Now, I'll be the first person to admit, sometimes when I'm going through, and you know it too, sometimes when you're going through, you don't feel thankful when you're talking to God about the situation. Amen. Every day ain't a sunny day. And sometimes you ain't feeling it all, the joy and all the pe- and all that good stuff. You ain't feeling that all the time. But Paul says do it anyway, because our relationship with Jesus Christ does not depend on how we feel from day to day. And I thank God for that. God is not like us. See, you and I, we, we're good today, right? We love each other. And I'm your guy and you're my guy and I'm you my woman and I'm your man and all that good stuff. That's because we're good with each other. But let one of us get upset with one another. And then we could be so far separated it would take Dr. Phil or somebody to get us back together. But see, our relationship with Jesus is not like that. Jesus ain't caring. He ain't hung up on how I feel from day to day. He loves me regardless. He loves you regardless. So what, what I'm saying to you is that don't get hung up on, well, you know, I really, Lord, I don't feel my best, and I, I don't know if I feel like praying. I don't care if you don't feel like praying. Pray anyway, and tell God thank you anyway. God knows you're not feeling it that day. He knows you're not your best, but he's still going to honor your prayer just because of your obedience to his word. I know that's right because in verse 7, chapter 4, verse 7, Paul says, when we pray and make our petition to God with thanksgiving, he says, then the peace of God, which transcends all human understanding, will guard our spiritual hearts and our minds because of our faith in Christ Jesus. Here's the key point, church family. Even as we are suffering with the problems in our lives, even as we're going through, right, we can still be grateful when we pray and petition God because God will give us peace 
that only he that he only gives to people who have faith in Jesus Christ. Even when I'm suffering, even when I'm hurting, even when I'm sad, even when I'm lonely, if I will pray to God and make my petition, make my request, my supplication and still be grateful. Lord, I I'm not feeling my best. Lord, I'm not feeling great about this thing. But Lord, I still thank you. Then he will give us a peace of mind that he only gives to those who have faith in Jesus Christ. Now, you all have heard me say this before. Being a Christian is not to be part of an exclusive club. We're not in some kind of uh, special uh, uh, secret or special organization because we are a Christian. Anybody who's willing to give her life or his life to Jesus Christ can become a Christian. But at the same time, there are some benefits. There are some perks. There are some special blessings that God only shares with Christians. So in other words, you, can, you don't have to be a Christian if you don't want to, but there's some stuff you're going to miss out on. Amen. There's some blessings you will miss out on if you're not a Christian. Amen now. And as, as, as Bishop T.D. Jakes has said before, God's favor ain't fair. Yeah, anybody can become a Christian, but there's some blessings that God only gives to those of us who are Christians. God's peace anchors us. It calms and secures us while we are in the middle of whatever it is we're going through. Not only that, God's peace assures us that eventually God will answer our prayers because we have faith in Jesus Christ. That's why so we, we know somebody wrote that song and we say it all the time. He may not come when we want him to, but when he shows up, he's going to always be on time. God's peace of mind, that peace of mind he gives us when we pray to him uh, with thanksgiving. We make our request with thanksgiving. That peace of mind he gives us, it assures us that eventually he is going to answer our prayer. He's already heard our prayer when we pray it, but we have confidence of knowing he is going to, in fact, answer our prayer. Listen to these scriptures on the peace of God. In St. John chapter 14, verse 27, Jesus himself said, and you've heard this one many times before, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Then he says, Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Jesus said, so don't worry about it. Don't have fear and don't worry about it because my peace is with you. In Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3, and I'm paraphrasing this. uh, Isaiah wrote, you will keep any person in perfect peace if that person's mind is stayed on you. Why will you do it, Lord? Because that person trusts in you. If you keep your mind stayed on Jesus Christ, even in the middle of your trouble, let me be very clear. It can be some mess that I created for myself. I'm not, you know, maybe it's my mess. Maybe the reason why I've got this this issue now is because of something I did. Okay, first of all, I'm going to ask the Lord to forgive me. And he said that he would. And then even as I'm still going through, I can still trust the Lord to keep, give me perfect peace because I keep my faith in Jesus Christ. He's not only going to forgive me, he's going to restore me. And he then in time, when he's ready, he's going to fix that issue. Colossians chapter 3, verse 15 says, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you were also called in one body, to be thankful. Let the peace of God rule in your spiritual hearts and minds 
to which you were called in one body, and be thankful. Amen. All of us are called to be in the body of Christ, and we should let the peace of God always be at the forefront of our thinking. As I close, I, I want to make this statement. No matter what problem and challenges we may face in our lives, we always have a choice. Our choice is to worry or not to worry. In the book of St. Matthew, chapter 6, verse 27, Jesus asked this question. Can you add even one more hour to your life by worry? And the answer, of course, is no. So Jesus is saying, why are you worried about something? It's not helping you in any way. You're not going to add any more time onto your life by worrying. So don't worry. Amen. We always have the choice. We can always choose. We always have a choice. We can choose worry or we can choose to have peace. We can choose fear or we can choose to have faith. We can choose to be angry or we can choose to have joy. We can choose to tell lies or we can choose to tell the truth. We can choose to do what man says is right or we can choose to do what God says is right. We can choose to live in sin or we can choose to live in righteousness. Amen. Now, these are our choices every day. We can choose to be greedy or we can choose to be content with what we have. We can choose curses or we can choose blessings. We can choose Satan or we can choose Jesus Christ. Last but not least, we can choose hell or we can choose heaven. Amen. In almost every situation, we can choose what we think. We can choose what we say. We can choose what we do. But right now, and I'm, I don't know if I'm talking to anybody on this parking lot or maybe anybody listening in on Facebook, but right now, if this is you, if you are not satisfied with your life as it currently is, I encourage you to choose Jesus Christ. He is the Son of God, and he's also the Son of Man. He was, the, he was always God, but he always was man, too, when he walked on this earth. Why? Because he said he wanted to experience what we experienced so he could better relate and understand us. Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Jesus is the lily of the valley. Jesus is the bright and morning star. Jesus is the Lamb of God, but he's also the Lion of Judah. He is the only person that loved you and loved me so much that he died for our sins. Jesus died so that we may choose to follow him and to live our best life now and in the life to come. He died for my sins and your sins. Why? To give us the opportunity to choose to follow him. And when we follow Jesus, we will live our best life now and in the life to come. How did that happen? It happened on a Friday afternoon on a hill called Golgotha. Sometimes we call it Calvary. He chose to let sinful man nail him to a cross. He chose to let sinful man pierce him in his side. He chose to let people, even while he was on that cross, curse at him and lie on him and talk bad about him. But he also chose to look up in the sky and say, Father, forgive them. 
for they know not what they do. When the appointed time came, Jesus chose to give up his life for us. We did not kill Jesus. Those Roman soldiers did not kill Jesus. Jesus had already told us, I have the power to lay down my life and to pick it up again anytime I want to. But he chose on that cross to look up into the sky for a final time and say, Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. He chose to let man take him off that cross and put him in a borrowed tomb. He stayed there the rest of Friday and all Friday night. He chose to stay in that borrowed tomb Saturday morning, Saturday midnight, and Saturday night. But oh, on Sunday morning, Jesus chose to get up with all power entrusted in his hands. He chose to be rewarded for what he had done because his father had promised him that when he rose him up, if he would be obedient to his father, he promised him the reward would be, I'll give you all power in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. And he has that power. And now today, Jesus chooses to give you and I the opportunity to be directly connected to him in relationship with him. And we can choose what kind of life we'll have. Yes, there's a lot of stuff going on in this world. And there, is a lot, there are a lot of crazy things, hurtful things, hateful things, mean and heinous things going on in this world. And not only in the world around us, some of us got some real issues in our